Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? Welcome to Church Talk Live. Hey, good to have you here. And today we're joined by Jen Jones, who is an entrepreneur, a realtor, author, speaker, et cetera, et cetera. And I tell you what, she's here because she knows how to network. And we have pastors who don't know how to network. And we're going to get Jen to fill us in on the details on how to do that. Jen has um, a, a number of uh, products and, and services she provides. Um, a number of, number of those are for women entrepreneurs, but she's got stuff for guys too. We're, we're not left out completely, no. <laughs> um, but mostly, just not completely. Anyway, uh, Jen joins us from um, from Massachusetts. I can't pronounce the, the name of the town. Chris can and Jen can, but it's like, nah, I'm not from around there. But uh, she joins us and we are excited to have you here. Thanks, Jen, for joining us. Yeah, I'm really excited about the conversation of networking as an introvert myself. It's just, it's funny how people are like, you're not an introvert because you network. And it's like, hmm, no, I definitely need my alone time and rejuvenation time after going out to network. So I'm excited to talk about networking with all of you today. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Well, I was going to jump right in with our questions. And my first one is, where should we be networking? Yeah. So, you know, as I sat down and really reflected on your audience, it was like, where, where should pastors be networking? And, you know, there were a whole slew of things that came up, but I really wanted to get to the heart of what about reaching out to the community? Churches are part of the community. And so why are we not just going out there and talking with business owners to be able to network with local businesses? So depending on, you know, where your church is, depends on, you know, how big or small that community looks like. But there's always opportunity for getting involved with the community through businesses. It could also be through networking events. You know, I'm not a big fan of the chamber, but with that being said, there are some great opportunities to meet new people. And that's the goal of networking. And when I say networking, I say networking and connecting because networking is the act of going out and meeting new people. But the connecting is actually what you do when you get there. You're really trying to build relationships from the foundation up. It's not easy. <laughs> and when we go out and we're thinking about networking, you know, we want to go where people are going to listen to us and going to be open to what we have to say. But in addition to that, we have to go with some value. So we have to think about where are we going? So I'm thinking local businesses. I mean, as a realtor and as an introvert, I love local businesses because it's such an opportunity to partner with somebody because they have a network, you have a network. And so how can you find a win-win for both of you? Or maybe it's more than just two people. And, you know, as an introvert, networking is like, well, I don't want to go to a place where I know 
nobody, although I have, and it's really uncomfortable, but what about partnering with a business owner to actually host maybe an after hours uh, networking where maybe you don't bring people back to the church, but you bring people to uh, maybe it's coffee in the morning or maybe it's a restaurant in the evening. So just thinking about, hopefully everyone's writing this down and it's all being recorded and you can go back and just kind of bring down some ideas of, you know, you probably know people um, in your congregation that are business owners that can make the connection. So I really want to, you know, when we say, where are we networking? It's okay. Yes, we can network into these cold places, which is great because meeting new people is really important to build your, your own circle. But who do we already know that we can connect with and they can give us a referral? So I hadn't thought about how that would work in in your realm, but I'm like, that's an amazing thing. No matter what your business or what your career, wherever you are, even as a person, I need a roofer. I'm going to ask my friend who just got their roof done, you know, who who they used. I mean, I'm also a realtor too, but, you know, it's it's looking at the people that you already know and who can they connect you with? Because that right there is a little bit easier because it's a warm connection. You know, maybe that you can ask some people about, hey, you know, who can I connect with in the community? You know, there might be festivals going on. There might be, um, uh, what are they called? Farmer's markets too. Mm. So there's all these different things. And the chamber does, you know, in our area, they do put on some events. So how can you be more involved? And I will say, volunteering. Don't know, you know, you have to look at your time. You don't want to overcommit. But I do think that as an introvert and as someone who's trying to make new relationships, it's really important to volunteer. And I don't mean go volunteer for everybody, you know, look at what your passion is and how does it connect with something in the community that you could be on the board. And that's where you build those really great relationships when you're part of leadership. And so those are the where to network. I'll also put a plug for um, the females in the audience. Uh, there is a good amount of pastors in a, I think it's, well, I think it's worldwide, but it's called Polka Dot Powerhouse. It's a networking event, a networking community for women. I don't think they exclude men, but it's the majority of them are women. And there are a lot of pastors in that network. And so I thought I'd just throw it out there just for an avenue to, you know, take a look at as you bring people together. um, This is a great opportunity to network amongst each other, obviously. But when you're, you know, when you have a brick and mortar church, being in the community is so important and Polka Dot Powerhouse meets in person. I don't know if there's one nearby you guys specifically, but I know you have um, an audience all over the country. Yeah, one of the, you know, as, as you say that, one of, a couple of things jumped into my mind. First thing is, you know, we tell pastors, you know, you gotta get out. You, get, you can't network from your office. It just doesn't work very well. But, you know, and, you know, and what you're saying about networking with business owners, um, the chamber, uh, volunteering, I love those those options. One of the things that um, I tell my pastors is, hey, 
go get in, go have a conversation with the mayor, with your uh, city manager, your uh, your councilman or your alderman, whatever you call them in your neck of the woods, and 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 then and then t- talk with them about volunteering in something you have some passion for, a and b, where your target audience, your uh, what I call your avatar. Um, and if you haven't got it this week uh, in the in my profile, you can grab the avatar workbook, how to design your avatar. Uh, if you don't know who your avatar is, who you're really trying to reach and are able to reach. But by by volunteering the city and being front and center, uh, it's really much easier, if you will, to get your church in the limelight because you, you know because you're the pastor there, you can volunteer your church building for an event here, an event there. You can you know go and be a part of um, events and uh, you know and be the the star of the show. Because the reality is, folks, pastor, you are the face of your congregation. You're the CEO. I know we don't like that language. All I can tell you is get over it. Um, you're the pastor. You're the people. The, you're the person that people want to see. You know that that by and large. Go ahead, Chris. So I do want to jump in here because we've known some pastors who spend more time at the Kiwanis, the Rotary, the whatever, than they do in their own church. So there's got to be that balance. And um, uh, William, I'm not sure if you remember a number of years ago, though, the chamber was putting on a like a 10K race or something like that. And uh, and they needed people to be timekeepers or to hand out water. And I found that that way I was able in doing enough of those kind of volunteers that volunteer opportunities that I wasn't investing a whole lot of time that allowed me to do my work, but still got my face out there and allowed me to have conversations. Uh, I particularly like those where you have to wait for people to come through, like with the races. And so you have people to talk to. But pastors, please hear us. We're not telling you to spend more time than you do in your church. And if you're looking for mission opportunities, uh, perhaps you need to be working with your church and do mission through there. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to chime in there. And um, so, Jen, if I could ask a question and go back uh, a step, and, and that is about businesses. So when I think about businesses and going to a business, I'm thinking like Walmart or is it, you know, like a, a town, a family business with maybe four employees? What are you thinking there? Yeah, that's a great clarification. So I'm looking more towards those locally owned businesses because there's greater opportunity to make those connections versus larger corporate. Um, You know, I don't want to completely take them out because some of those people do show up at, you know, networking events. But I think there's greater opportunity in knowing a local business owner than it is, you know, a corporate owner. That's that's really helpful. So bearing um, bearing in mind bearing in mind that the managers of the Walmart, which is which is I hundred percent agrees with Jen, but you know that that, that don't rule out them because they live your managers live locally, and so you know you're you're probably not going to have a conversation with the CEO unless you live in Bentonville, um, Arkansas. But the the bottom line is that your local Walmart there still are people you can network with, and Walmart and other big box stores, Target and others. They do. They tend to invest in the communities they're in, so they're not bad people to know. You no, know, but, no, but I, I don't want to I say totally that agree. either. <laughs> right. I, I, but I totally agree. A mom and pop shop is a lot easier to build a 
a relationship with than a manager who's like, okay, I, I've got things to do. <laughs> so. You know, it, you could do something nice for the manager. And a lot of times in thinking Walmart where they have a, you know, there'll be signs we've given $1. million out. You know, this store has given this much. So often churches are there looking for, you know, the handout we're writing uh, uh, grant proposals to get money, but then to do something back for them goes a long way because we've done candy canes and at christmas time we tied with the information uh you know about what's coming up at the church and out to the checkers and uh and i could see us doing that maybe donuts for for the managers as well um okay so So, so, go ahead uh, well i wanted to jump up here and talk about women for (laughs) because my husband and I have some disagreement on this over the years, although I think he's beginning to understand. But uh, like some of the places that guy ministers will uh, network uh, are scary for women, and I'm not sure they're appropriate for women. So sitting in a bar, you know, talking to people in there, uh, that's... We have at least one of our pastors who that two day, two nights a week. That, well, she's hanging out at the bar. He does that. And she is a single pastor. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I'm just saying that for some of us, that definitely is a, an issue. So how do we, where do we go? How do we have those conversations with, with people of the opposite uh, gender? Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's easier to say, oh, well, you know, bring someone along with you. Um, more of a neutral party doesn't have to be another pastor, just could be someone from the congregation. And it is, you know, especially, you know, especially people who are married and, you know, just the, those dynamics, you know, always go to a public place, don't meet at the, you know, church office, you know, things that you can really um, put into place to, I'm going to say safeguard, you know, both of you in a way that, you know, I, I do think that women, women in general, just when it comes to the opposite sex, that could be a problem. And I don't say a problem, but it could be a challenge. Um, and so I would just say, you know, before you go into any meetings, before you're going out to have conversations, you know, I would just sit down and, you know, pray, set your intention, whatever you do before you go out there, just to sort of safeguard you and, you know, your intentions are really pure going out there and just, you know, wanting to connect with people. Now, the pastor that goes, you know, to the bar a couple couple of times a week, you know, good for her. Like, I think that is pretty amazing. And I think she just has to, you know, or anyone that any any female that goes and does something like that, you know, just really set your intentions and be very clear about expectations as you're having conversations, I think is the the best way to go. So then there's no blurred lines as best as you can make them no blurred lines. This is the expectation. I'm here to meet new people. You know, she's single too. So, you know, that, you know, that sort of blurs some lines in my mind, but if she's going in with intentions of just meeting new people to, you know, maybe start conversations that she can then go have coffee with. Um, You know, I feel like having coffee is less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Less intrusive, less personal on that level where having coffee at a local coffee shop is a little bit easier than having, 
you know, a drink of any kind, water or drink, you know, at a bar. I think that, um, you know, you just go with what you're, what feels right for you in the moment. And that's where she's, where she is at. And so, you know, other people may be like, oh my God, I never thought of that. And they're going to go try it. So just keep those expectations really clear, um, no matter where you're meeting or who you're meeting, just, you know, to make sure that people um, may not be taken at the wrong way. So, sure. uh, and um, our mentor, Chris, my mentor years ago, um, took his church from very small to very, very, very large. And uh, one of the, one of the um, practices that he attributed that growth to was, and he is an introvert, uh, but he went to the, it was called the fractured fox. I remember that seared into my brain. He told the story so many times. Uh, he went to the fractured fox, which is a local bar. He called it a watering hole. Um, he would have club soda and lime. And he sat in a corner booth, He like a big um, introvert, sat in the corner booth. He was there every Friday from like eight until 11, um, regardless. And over the years, he be he became well known and um, had lots of great conversations there because he was in a place where I mean he was the only pastor who ever showed up there. Now, that's not so much the case anymore. That I know a number of pastors who who go to a sports bar, or go to a bar um, for for networking purposes as well as for recreational purposes, if you will. But uh, that you know, in in this case, that you know this this gal we're talking about, who I mean. It's she. She does a wonderful job. Her question was though, how do you have start a conversation, a networking conversation? Um, and she has conversations with both genders. She's in a very small town. She's well known. She's she's also a teacher um, in the school, so she she gets around and people know who she is. But you know, she says, how do I ask for contact information? You know, to have coffee with someone from the opposite sex. So, so I'm asked them for that. So I don't come off as I'm hitting on them or I'm being really creepy. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it, it's a good question. So you know, yes. I, I, I'm hoping you have some 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 suggestions for that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you think about it, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, how do you do that? And I think you know, it goes back to those expectations and being very verbal about, you know, why you're, you're asking for that. If you have a great conversation with someone, it's only natural that you would ask for their contact information to set up a time or set up a time right then and there to meet again. And so <clears throat> I think just really setting those expectations of, Hey, you know, I loved our conversation. I'd like to continue it over coffee. You know, would you like to, you know, join me, you know, Friday morning or whatever, she's a teacher, but anyone, you know, Saturday morning and we can go meet down the street at the coffee shop. And then it doesn't have to be really said right there. I think that people's energy sort of exudes at that point. And the person's either going to exchange, you know, the contact information or not. And then when you sit down to have coffee, just like, oh, thank you so much. We had a great conversation. And then you go into more of the professional side of who you are versus the personal side so that you're setting that expectation that you're here as a pastor and not as just, you know, a woman having, having a coffee with somebody. Awesome. That would be great how advice. I would do it. Great advice. Great advice. All right. Awesome. So yeah. you talked about networking um, with folks and 
you, you uh, I, don't, I hate using the word using, but you know, connecting with people in your congregation to connect with people outside the congregation. So, I mean, how do you use your networking circle to add to your context? How do, how do you make your networking circle bigger and bigger and bigger? Because obviously, I mean, they don't, no one wants to hear it, but it is a numbers game. The more people you know, the more people you connect with, the more people are going to show up at your congregation when you invite them to some upcoming sermon series that touches their heart or answers a need in, in their life. So how do you expand that circle, you know, eventually exponentially? Right. So I think it's sort of like two or three prongs. So you have to remember, and I love the candy cane um, example that you gave because part of keeping your circle is adding value. And so, although you were saying like, maybe you're handing them out to people who don't know what's going on, which I think is a great idea too, but what are, what are you doing for your circle now? Like, what are you doing for the people who are already there? And that could be, you know, you could have them set up in different categories. Some are, some people are, you know, part of your congregation. Other people are part of your business network. Other people are, you know, you just met them. And so now you're, you're, you're starting conversations. Are they in? Are they out? We don't know yet. And so there are, there are different phases to that circle. And you have to figure out, okay, what am I going to do to add value and follow up with people? Across the board, we are all terrible at follow-up unless we're focused. And when we're focused about our follow-up, that's how we continue to add people. So those people who are in limbo, I'll call it, like maybe they're, maybe they gave you an email address and you're sending them great information every month. I'm not sure if that's a thing that, that is done, but you know, whether it's just, you know, a calendar of events at the church, or maybe it's um, something that you're doing in the community, whatever it is, there's a specific, what we'll call um, email that goes out to just keep people, you know, in the loop. And so that's where the circle expands is when you continue to add people, ask for referrals from the people who are already in your circle. And then those people that you continue to follow up with who are coming in, whether they, you know, they just keep a conversation going with you, or maybe they become part of your, of your church. So either way, you are expanding that, but the only way to continue to expand it is to ask for referrals, meet new people, and maybe it's the volunteer. And I want to reiterate that again, because I know that I find myself as a mom, as a wife, as a community member, um, I have definitely overcommitted. So, you know, when you're really evaluating your time, like don't, don't go overboard with the volunteering. It could be just like you said, is it could just be a task. Maybe you're just part of a committee and you can do a couple tasks. You don't have to be the president of, you know, the chamber or the president or executive director of some organization. You don't have to go that far. Your job is really important. And, you know, you probably have a limited amount of time, depending if you're full-time or part-time. So make sure that you're, you're evaluating your time, but remember to follow up and ask for referrals. And the follow-up is, you know, literally it's, the follow-up is so important and adding new people to your circle. I hope I answered that question. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's really great. So I have another question and something for our audience out there uh, that we haven't touched on. One of the greatest ways of getting referrals is to have members invite us to their house 
some kind of gathering. Uh, so are they having some sort of a party? Could they have a party? And then making sure that they invite you, pastor, to come so then uh, you're getting to meet people, have conversations, and it's a natural follow-up. Um, uh, so that idea came to me. What was my question? Oh, yes. So when you're volunteering like uh, along those lines, would you like stick with city or stick with school, uh, this, uh, school district, or would you kind of mix and match? I would, I would personally mix and match. And I guess it depends on the avatar um, that Bill talks about, because, you know, if you are focused on, you know, um, families or younger people, you know, that might be a, a good way, the school might be a good way to get involved that way. But also, I mean, the towns, the rec committees, like they're definitely, you know, a mix of all of that. So it's really looking at your avatar and going and what your passion is. You know, yeah. I would suspect that, you know, your avatar aren't families if you don't like kids. I mean, <laughs> you know, so I think just just making sure that those those two things really match up so that, you know, you're not getting burnt out. It's not something that you're, you know, regretting after volunteering. And that's why those little tasks, so you can kind of get your feet wet to see if you even like the people who are on the committee or, you know, who are involved because, you know, maybe there, you know, there's some people that just don't connect. You know, I have one person that I just don't connect with. And so, um, you know, I just don't necessarily go to that all the time because it is taxing as an introvert to um, put up face and be kind as much as I can. But for whatever reason, it's just, a, it's something about that person just doesn't feel right for me. And, you know, it just, it's energy draining. Mm-hmm. Definitely. One of the, I just want to share this with one little thing I learned, I'm not, I'm not an introvert. I don't have any problem getting out and meeting people and whatnot, but um, I, my church hosted a a monthly networking event for business and city people. And they came once a month and had donuts and, you know, people came from all over to just to network. Uh, And we had a gal like you, Jen, who came to talk about networking. And one of the greatest things she said is, listen, as for net, for an introvert, at these events, she said, the first thing I do is I look for someone else standing on the edge who is not very comfortable. And I'll go side a lot next to them and just stand there watching the crowd with them for a bit. And then under my breath, I'll say, I hate these things, don't you? And she says, you're instantly bonded and you'll end up having a great networking conversation. You get the information you want, you, you trade, you, you can spend as much time or as little time as you want to there. And then you just kind of look around for who else is standing at the corner who could use a friendly person to stand next to and com- um, commiserate with them that, man, I hate these things. And you know, it's it's the, a great way to build a conversation and to connect with a couple people for an introvert without draining and taxing yourself. You could see that as a small group piece. You could, you could as a, a duo, go over to the third person and say, hey, would you like to join us? You look as uncomfortable as we did about 10 minutes ago. And then you could see somebody else and the three of you could go over. Never mind. Just, uh, yeah, I, I always say, you know, if you're if you do find yourself in a circle, because as an introvert and probably just a lot of people in general, when you know people, you sort of like 
have a tendency to stay with them. So I always say, you know, always be looking for someone else that you can go have a conversation with. And if you're not quite ready, maybe just stand tilted out. So that circle is inviting for other people to walk in. Yes, yes, yes. Expand the, the circle. Listen, I'm Jen, watching Helen. We've got, go ahead, William. But I wanted to see if she wants, if Jen, would you like to add anything else to, to uh, tell us? today and tell us and tell us how people get connect with you and um what you're yes. offering why they would want to connect with you yeah absolutely and i think just you know i go back to the candy cane because i have a whole bunch of other things that i could offer um we call them pop by gifts just a little something with a little tag with our contact information and that's such a great opportunity to hand people as you are having conversations. And it is an opener to ask for contact information because typically your contact information are on those things. And so it's a natural like give and receive. So I just wanted to really touch on that because in order to add people to your circle, you have to get their contact information. So it, it's all about practice. And if people say no, that's really hard for me. And so, you know, if you have something to give them, typically they will reciprocate back. So I think that will be the last tip because contact information is really important as you're connecting and, and building those relationships because you just don't build on one, re one conversation. It's many conversations. And yes, if you want to get in touch with me, you can check my website out at connectandelevate.com. I'm also big on energy, keeping up your energy because I am an introvert. I do like my alone time and I do like rejuvenation. And so I do have a free toolkit. It's the energy toolkit for introverts. If you wanted to hop on there, I also wrote a book, which is called The Intrapreneur. Um, although you may not think of yourself as an entrepreneur or CEO, uh, there are definitely some tips in there for, for anybody. Doesn't it, it, even extroverts have really... Um, gotten some some great tips out of the book. So if you're interested to check it out. And I awesome. appreciate everything. Awesome. All right. And, and wait, that wait, website wait, wait. again wait, wait. is connect. Oh, go ahead. Go, go, go. The website is com. Now, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I just wanted to tell our pastors out there that Easter is coming. And one of the fun ways we've learned to connect is take an Easter egg, uh, those plastic Easter eggs, put the information inside it, make sure you have your website. If you don't have a website, put your, get your number, your name on there, put little chocolates in there. So when you meet somebody, you're able to give that to them. So I was thinking what you give to people and that reciprocation. So don't lose, uh, lose that opportunity, pastors. We'll get until next year to hand out Easter eggs. All right, Jen, it has been fabulous having you here. Thank you for sharing. Again, connectandelevate.com. And she does have a, a good freebie there on energy. So uh, you can find the links there. She, you can make the leap there. And lift up your book again so everyone can see it, Jen. There you are. And as we go into the, our outro, um, thank you for being with us. It was great. Thanks, folks. And we will see you again next week. Mm -hmm.